Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with David in En Gedi, as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 27. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So David now headed again down towards the wilderness area of the Dead Sea, and Gedi is about, oh, 20 miles probably from where the Jordan comes into the Dead Sea. On the west bank of the Dead Sea, and En Gedi is a beautiful spot. The word En Gedi means wild goats, and it is a place where there are still a lot of the ibex, the wild goats of Israel. But the neat thing about En Gedi, you see the Dead Sea there is about 1,282 feet below sea level. Because you are so low, there are springs because, uh, you know, you're, you're a, at 1,000 feet below sea level. Uh, actually, the spring of En Gedi is at about oh, 800 feet, 700 feet below sea level. And it just springs out there and from the pressure and of the underground water and all. There's a beautiful spring, and it, there's the neatest waterfalls and fern canyons and wild fig trees growing up the sides of the canyons and, and all kinds of caves around there and just a beautiful place to hide out. Uh, as far as just, you know, you've got your water, got your wild goat to eat, and uh, it, it's just an excellent place to hide out. Uh, a very beautiful little valley in the midst of a vast wilderness. That whole Dead Sea area is just a vast wilderness, but En Gedi is a beautiful oasis. And of course, because of the heat, uh, it, it stays warm down there year round. It's very fertile around En Gedi, a lot of date palms. They grow excellent watermelons in wintertime, and it's just uh, a, a neat place. And that's where David was now hiding out from Saul. They're in the strongholds at En Gedi. Now it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines. They told him, David's in En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 of his chosen men out of all of Israel. They went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. En Gedi means wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats by the way where there was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet, that is to, to go to sleep, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. So David was hiding in this cave, and Saul came to, and, and you know, went to sleep in the very cave where David and his men were hiding up in the sides of the thing. And the men of David said unto him, Aha, behold, the day of which the Lord has said unto you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good unto thee. So David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe secretly. Now it came to pass after that that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. He did it, and then he thought, oh, that's not right. This guy's a king, you know, and he shouldn't, you know, have his skirt cut off, and, and he felt bad about it. And, and David said, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, 
seeing he is anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words, and he would not allow them to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up and went out of the cave and went his way. The men, of course, wanted to do Saul in, and David forbid them to do it. And after Saul had gotten out of the, you know, down the hill away, David arose also afterwards and went out of the cave, and he cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the king! And when Saul looked behind, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to men's words, saying, Behold, David is seeking to hurt you? Behold, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave. And some of them were begging me to kill you. But I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, here is the skirt of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of your robe and I didn't kill you, you ought to know and see that I have neither evil nor transgression in my hands. I've not sinned against you and you are hunting my soul to take it. And the Lord's judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. Here's an interesting proverb. Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked. It is the same as saying a man sins because he is a sinner. You see, we often think, because I sin, I am a sinner. No, because I'm a sinner, I sin. You say, well, difference, it's an important difference. Only horse thieves steal horses. If you were not a horse thief, you couldn't steal a horse, no matter what the circumstances are. And stealing a horse doesn't make you a horse thief. It only proves you are. If you weren't a horse thief to begin with, you could never have stolen it. The same with sin. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. It only proves that you are. I am a sinner by nature. If I try to deny the sinful nature, I'm calling God a liar. His truth isn't in me. All of us are sinners by nature, and because we are sinners by nature... Sin is the fruit or the effect or the result of what I am. I sin because I'm a sinner. Now, even so in Christ Jesus, I am now righteous. Therefore, the righteousness that I do doesn't make me righteous. I do it because I am righteous. Because of God's work in my life and making me righteous, I do now the deeds of righteousness. But we've got to keep in our minds from this fallacy of thinking, because I do deeds of righteousness, I am righteous. Not so. But wickedness proceeds from the wicked. If you're wicked, wickedness is going to proceed from your life. It doesn't make you wicked. It only proves that you are wicked. And so it's an interesting proverb of the ancients. It is a true proverb indeed, and is in keeping with the basic doctrines of the scriptures. After whom, David said, is the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? You're looking for a dead dog. You're trying to find a flea. 
The Lord therefore be judge and judge between me and you and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of your hand. It came to pass when David had made an end of his little speech that Saul said, is this the voice of my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Oh, my son David, oh, my son. And he said to David, you are more righteous than I for you have rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded you evil. And you have showed this day how that you have dealt well with me, forasmuch as when the Lord had delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he, not, will he let him go away well? Wherefore, the Lord reward thee good, for thou hast done unto me this day. And now, behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. He knew it, and yet he sought to fight it all the way. He knew what God's will was, and still he sought to fight the will of God. The Bible says, woe unto him who strives with his maker. How many times people are trying to fight what they know to be the will of God. Sad, but true. And, and Saul expresses, now I know that someday God's going to make you king. Kingdom's going to be established in your hand. Swear now, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my children after me, and that you will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And so David swore unto Saul, and Saul went home, but David and his men went into the hold. Now Samuel died, and all of the Israelites were gathered together and lamenting him, and they buried him in his house at Ramah, and David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very wealthy. He had 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. And they were shearing his sheep there in Carmel. Now, Carmel is the mountain range that uh, goes from east to west. It starts at the port city of Haifa and goes east along the area. Actually, Megiddo is in a portion, a lower portion of this range of Carmel, just about the end of the range towards the east. So uh, their Nabal, uh, his, his servants were shearing his sheep. Now the name of the man was Nabal. His wife's name was Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and a very beautiful face. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings. And he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. And so David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him who is living in such prosperity, Peace both to thee and peace to your house and peace to all that you have. And now I've heard that you have shears, and now your shepherds which were with us, we did not hurt them, neither was there anything missing from them all the while that they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to your hand, unto your servants and to the son of David, and to thy son David. 
And when David's young men came and spoke to Nabal, according to all the words in the name of David, and they had finished, Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays that break away from a man's master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men whom I know not from where they are? So David's young men turned their way and they went again and they came and told David all these sayings. And David said to his men, all right, men, put on your swords. And so every man put on his sword and David also put on his sword. And they went up after David, about 400 of the men, 200 of them stayed by their stuff. And one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt. Neither did we miss anything as long as we were uh, conversant with them in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by night and day, the whole while we were there keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, Know and consider what you're going to do, for evil is determined against our master and against his house, for he is such a man of Belial that a man can't speak to him. So they came to Nabal's wife and they said, uh, hey, you know, David sent these servants to, to talk to our master, and man, he really railed on him, and, and that's not good because David's men were indeed kind. They, they were a wall to us. They didn't take anything from us, and now... Uh, Man, evil's determined. We can't talk to him. He's, he's you know, he, no one can talk to him. He's just such a character. And so Abigail, Nabal's wife, made haste. She took 200 loaves, two bottles of wine, five sheep that are already dressed, and five measures of parched corn, and 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 uh, little cakes of dried figs. And she laid them on the donkeys. And she said to her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. And it was so as she rode on the donkey that she came down by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men were coming down against her and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed from all that pertained to him. And he has requited me evil for good. And so more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any man at all. So when Abigail saw David, she hurried and got off of her donkey and fell down before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let your handmaid, I pray thee, speak in your audience and hear my words. Don't let my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Now the word Nabal means foolish. He said, don't, don't regard this guy, he's a fool. Like his name, so he is. His name is a fool, so, you know, he just, he is. He named him well. Fool is his name and folly is with him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord whom you did send. I didn't see them. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, seeing the Lord has withheld thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with your own hand, now let your enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now this blessing which your handmaid has brought unto my Lord, let it be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass 
of thine handmaid. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. So Abigail is there pleading with David, a beautiful woman, has brought all of these things, and she is making good sense. You know, why should you avenge yourself? God will avenge you, David. He's taking care of you. And so forgive, you know, the foolishness of this foolish man. It shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed thee the ruler over Israel, then this will not be a grief to you that you avenged yourself. You won't, this won't be on your conscience that you, you know, came up and you wiped out this guy and his family just because uh, he didn't give the provisions that you were wanting for your men. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember your handmaid. So David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent you to meet me today. And blessed is the advice, and blessed are you, which have kept me today from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with my own hand. Now, to me, this shows the greatness of David. You know, some men are, are so dumb that they can't take advice from women. You know, they go, oh, I'm the man, and, you know, and, and they're not willing to listen to anybody much, and, and really oftentimes not a woman. But here it really shows the greatness of David. He said, ah, oh, blessed be thou the Lord. That, that's good advice. Blessed is your advice. You're just a blessed person. Thank you from, for coming and stopping me from avenging myself, shedding blood, avenging myself. And he saw that the advice was sound. He saw that it was good. He respected it. He admired her for it. And, of course, many characteristics about Abigail. Very, very sharp, good woman. She'll be an interesting one to meet in heaven and, and to share with and all. She's just a very outstanding person indeed. For in very deed is the Lord... God of Israel lives, which has kept me back from hurting thee, except you had come to meet me. Surely there had not been to enable anyone left in the family. So David received of her hand that which she had brought to him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. I have hearkened to your voice. I've accepted what you've said. So Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she did not tell him anything, less or more, until the morning. But it came to pass in the morning, when the wine was gone out of Nabal, he's sobering up, his wife told him of these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. He was so angry, it so upset him what she did, he just froze. His heart died within him, and actually he probably had a heart attack. And it came to pass ten days afterwards that he died. The Lord smote Nabal, and he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and hath kept his servant from evil. For the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail that she might become his wife. 
And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us to thee to take thee to him for a wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Now here again, showing really the greatness of this woman, Abigail. She said, oh, let me wash your feet, you know, the feet of the servants of my Lord. So they were just David's servants, but yet very gracious woman and uh, a marvelous woman indeed. So Abigail hurried and arose and rode on the donkey with five of her damsels that went after her, and she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. Now David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they were also both of them his wives. But Saul had given Michelle, his daughter, David's wife, to Falti, the son of Laish, which was of Galim. And so the whole, you know, crazy mixed up marriage situations that began, which of course Solomon, when he took over as king, took to the extremes, foolish extremes. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel on our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Samuel 23-25 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you, give you a beautiful week, and may His words sustain you as you walk with Him in fellowship. May God really begin a powerful work in your life. May the Spirit of the Lord just really rest heavy upon you. May your life be like a light shining in a dark place. So God bless you and give you a rich week in fellowship with Him. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today would like to invite you to come along on a revolutionary study of the Bible as we introduce Pastor Chuck's Genesis commentary in an ebook format. 
Not only will you have Pastor Chuck's in-depth commentary, this ebook allows access to enhanced research studies by honored Christian scholars instantly. Features include Hebrew and Greek word definitions, as well as images of historical maps and places just by clicking or touching your screen. An online dictionary, plus highlighting, note-taking, and bookmarking. And everywhere Pastor Chuck shares what he learned or studied something, you now have access to those very same notes. To get ready to study the Bible in a whole new way. Now you don't have to imagine what it was like to be there. This is the next best thing. To find out how to download Pastor Chuck's Genesis commentary to your electronic device, please call the Word for Today at 800-272-9673. Or to watch a video demonstration, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.